My friends over at serenitynewsletter.com have a special opportunity open to those interested in learning advanced investing techniques in the crypto space. This membership is of the highest quality and is run by a dear friend of mine who happens to manage one of the most successful crypto hedge funds in the world. Crypto is the future, and those who make smart plays now have an opportunity to earn life-changing returns. Go to serenitynewsletter.com to watch a special video presentation now. That's serenitynewsletter.com. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Hey everyone, I am so excited about today's episode and I can't wait to get into it and share it with you. But I just wanted to remind you before we get going today to visit expatmoneyshow.com and sign up for my private newsletter, EMS Pulse. Right now we are sharing the weekly episodes from the podcast, but also a ton of other products and services that we're going to be offering, lots of language programs, lots of tips and tricks for being an expat, whether you're a first-time expat or an expat hopeful. There's just so much going on at expatmoneyshow.com. I really hope that you get a chance to come and visit us, join the newsletter, and then from there, maybe join our Facebook group at expatmoneyforum.com. Lots happening. I really want to share it with you guys, and the best way to stay connected is through these two sites, expatmoneyshow.com and expatmoneyforum.com. Thanks so much. Enjoy today's episode. Cheers. Hey everyone, okay, we are gonna be doing episode three in our mini-series on sailing around the world. Today we have Jim and Judy Brown. They've done some crazy travel, some really inspirational stuff, and their boat is just so gorgeous. I really love this conversation. They are the most sweet, warm couple that you will ever meet. They're so funny, they tease each other all the time. It is a really, really good episode, and I think you're gonna love it. We focus a lot today on how to plan a route and where to go with your boat, how that looks, how you structure it, how to stay safe, what the speeds are involved. There is just so much information packed into this. This is a couple who run a professional luxury charter business and their boat is just so gorgeous and they're just amazing couple. So I really love this conversation. I hope you guys do too. If you haven't listened to part one and part two of my mini series on sailing, then you might want to go back and listen to those ones first. Episode 120 with Nick and Teresa and episode 121 with Brady Troutman. I think that these are really great episodes. So I hope you get a chance to check out all three of them. Okay. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe. This is the Expat Money Show, and today's guests own and operate a charter yacht called Dauntless. Whether it's a week of R&R exploring idyllic locations or an adventure-filled experience learning the ropes of a liveaboard yacht, they make sure to make each and every guest have simply the best vacation ever. He is a veteran Coast Guard, ocean rescuer, and licensed U.S. Coast Guard captain with eight years of deep ocean experience. She is the first mate and chef aboard 
or Dauntless, and the Italian in her loves to create mouth-watering meals for their guests aboard. After four years of cruising the Caribbean, they decided that a change of scenery was in order. So they shipped their yacht across the Atlantic Ocean and operate out of Italy and Croatia this summer and next. Together, they have sailed over 8,000 nautical miles and hosted close to 30 couples and families aboard their yacht. Please welcome to the show, Jim and Judy Brown. Jim and Judy, how are you? Hello. Great. Hello, Mikhail. How Thanks, are you? Thanks, Mikhail. It's awesome. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much me. for being here. I am so excited to learn from you guys. We've been chatting for 20 minutes before, and I've got a ton of really cool things that I want to ask you guys about. But before we jump into everything, I want to know a little bit about your backstory. How did you guys get into sailing? How did you guys decide to make this your vocation and go around the world? I want to, I want to hear it all. Great. Great, great. Okay. Well, I'll start. All right. Uh, I would have to say that Dauntless, it's not the first time we've been Dauntless. Okay, so as a little theme running through our time together, been married 34 years. So um, thank God for this patient man. Good captain. No kidding. Captain needs to be patient. That's critical. <laughs> Both of us had previous careers as landscape architects. So we have left the land and gone to sea. So how this started, we were in... We were in Western Loudoun County in Virginia at the foothill of the Blue Ridge, foothills. And uh, we, uh, we bought a beautiful tract of land, a little farmette, you might call it. And our first child was the design of our custom house. That Jim did all the drawings, quite amazing. And it's, it was absolutely stunning. And right one week after one week after we got our occupancy permit, our first son was born. So we were a little bit on a deadline. <laughs> and this custom house that we also acted as a general contractor. So this was very dauntless for us because no one in our family or no one we really knew personally had ever bought that much land or designed to build their own house. So that was a biggie. So the kids grew up, Will was born. So Henry is the oldest. Will was born two years later. And we lived in that house for over 20 years. And they, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was a couple small towns nearby. And it was really a great, great experience in many ways. Um, so, you know, they moved out, went to college. And we said, OK, time to go. What can we do next? <laughs> time for a change of view. We had a beautiful view. It was time to, to change the view. We were always interested in sailing. We'd always done lots of sailing throughout our lives. Now our property was landlocked, so we didn't have great access, you know, for a lot of the time. However, since we were both teenagers, we both sailed whenever possible, um, kind of continuously. So we both liked it. Jim loves the water. Uh, so we said, well, what can we do to, uh, to get out there, to travel more? And uh, that's kind of how the whole idea started with the boat. And uh going back 20 some years, uh, when we were our, our own general contractor, which we were comfortable being with our construction experience being landscape architects, um, we saved a lot of money and we actually carried the equity from that project all the way through, which actually then ultimately became the down payment for the yacht. Even though 20 years ago, we had no, no idea that we would be insane enough <laughs> to go, let's sell everything buy a yacht and go around the world. Um, but it's, it's funny how things happen. Um, and that's kind of how, that's kind of how we got started. Um, we love to entertain. 
Judy is an excellent chef, and I have gained a lot of ocean experience on the ocean over my lifetime. Um, as as I as you mentioned uh, at a rescue station down in Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, and thank God all the oceans of the world are not like Cape Hatteras. Mm. Um, it's a rough so spot. It's a rough spot. And when when I was there, I thought they all the oceans were like that. And just like I said, it, it, they're not. They can be, but they're not. Um, so we've we're well versed in sailing, the techniques. Um, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and here we are, um, eight thousand miles sailed. Uh, that's the equivalent of walking across Canada or walking across America back and forth a few times at about uh, three knots or five miles an hour. So to kind of put it in perspective how easy and laid back this profession is, um, it's pretty easy. You can't be in a rush. No. There's yeah. no doubt about that. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So did you guys, you sold the house and you went straight out and bought Dauntless or you had like an intermediary because... No intermediary. It's not a small boat, is it? No like it's a pretty unit. substantial boat. No, it, yeah, no, right, exactly. We went straight, and we whatever we couldn't sell, we gave away most, mm -hmm. and uh, no storage unit refused to have a storage unit. So right. that was it. So it was all or nothing. Like we're, there we're was no in, exactly but, but, no safety net. You no, know, what we were smart about it. Um, I took an offshore sailing course down the Virgin Islands to um, get up to speed on a very similar yacht to our size, um, to, to what it was like to sail a, a much larger ocean blue water boat um, than my previous experiences. Um, Judy took a sailing course to, um, on the Chesapeake Bay. To, so we both got our certifications through the American Sailing Association at first, and then I progressed into uh, working towards uh, my 50-ton master's license, which is a US Coast Guard um, commercial license. Um, and then you want to talk about STCW? And then also, um, <clears throat> if you're going to work on a yacht anywhere in the world, uh, it's, it's kind of international law that you have to take a, a battery of safety courses and be tested on those. Um, it's called the STCW. So everybody working on mega yachts, cruise ships, staff, doesn't matter. You, you, take, the, you take the course. Judy was a, a stellar student when, when she was in her fire suit in a smoke-filled container. And had head to, to toe. Head fire. to toe, complete blackness, <laughs> and had to find her way back out, just like a firefighter would, yeah. um, even though we would never have that kind of equipment on our, on our yacht. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's the governments. They treat everyone the same. You know, it's the same amount of training. Uh, so we're, we're smart about it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very conservative skipper. Um, based in my experiences when I was back in the Coast Guard. 90% uh, of all fatalities at sea are human error um, and just simple mistakes. So um, we have fun, but we're conservative. So we're looking for at night when we, well, every night on the boat, especially when we have guests, everybody wants a calm anchorage to sleep in. Everybody wants a common night. And the chef really wants a common night because it's a whole lot easier to cook in the galley. <laughs> that makes sense. So that's, we're always looking for a calm anchorage. So that's one of the cool things about Croatia that we're excited about, just like the Caribbean that we've been up and down the chain, is that there's so many islands that depending on where the wind and the waves are coming from, you go to the other side where it's more protected. 
So I don't know, you must watch the weather three times a day on at least three or five different stations. And, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, the weather, the sea conditions, the wind, and that's, that's constant. Well, I definitely want to get into how you guys choose your route and where you decide you want to go. But first, let's talk a little bit about the boat itself. Paint me a picture of this boat, because a lot of people will be listening to this. Maybe they we're not going to have this on video. They're not going to be able to see. It's a, first of all, I've seen a picture. It's a beautiful boat, but I, I want you guys to, to paint us a beautiful sure. picture. Um, the, the yacht is a, a 2017 Genoa. Uh, it was built in Calais, France. Um, it's, uh, we visited, we visited, mm -hmm. we visited okay. the plant. Uh, we saw our boat in the factory. Yes. It was awesome. On, yeah. the, on the line. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is I wanted to see how all the plumbing and, and the electrical lines and fuel lines, and everything. Um, I, while the boat was all opened up before they finished it off with the nice interior, I was able to see the mechanicals and all of that. It was the primary reason for going to France. So describe the boat. And so, so it's a, a Sun Odyssey 519. Um, it's a blue water boat. It's for, for the sailors out there. It's, it's 24 ton um, and it's considered a performance cruiser, um, it, which means it has some speed to it if you can get your sails correct, uh, which is a nice thing um, compared to a lot of heavy ocean boats that um, if they do four knots in the ocean, uh, that's the equivalent of maybe five miles an hour. We're, we're hoping to get eight, nine knots um, out of this yacht. Um, the interior, we sleep for six guests. All of our guests sleep on queen size beds. Um, so it's, it's quite spacious down below. Um, so we, no bunk beds, those little tiny we, benches that we, I've seen. We have, we have three big queens for our guests. And then we have a, a bunk room on board as well with two single bunks that probably most people, and it's, it's, it's tight. Uh, we offer that to the kids. And if we have a full boat, that's where Judy and I uh, reside for the week. Um, and it's, it's uh, very, very comfortable. Uh, it's amazing the meals that Judy can put together, the three and four and five course meals in that, in a, in a, in a boat galley. The galley, um, the boat, it was semi-custom. So we actually were able to get the interior layout that we wanted that we thought would work best for our guests and for the galley and for the functionality of the yacht as well. Okay, so let me interrupt you. When you guys left, you knew that you wanted to do this as a charter business. The charter didn't come later on. You knew that you wanted to have guests on board? That's or how did that work? That's correct. Part of the early okay. planning of selecting the right yacht for us and how it would function and, and the layout that we had uh, constructed for us was based on putting the boat into this um, luxury charter market that we, that we find ourselves in. Uh, we definitely would have chosen a different layout if we were just going to be cruising without guests, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So how come? What would be some of the reasons well, that you would like want a different Well, um, one, one of the berths, uh, one of the staterooms, uh, would probably not even have a bed in it. It might be like your craft room or your studio or whatever else, you know, just another use altogether. Uh, that would probably be the main difference, I would think. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. We set it up now. Uh, some charter boats, they'll have um, as many bathrooms, what we call heads on boats, as there are pillows. And you end up having a floating, what I call a floating restroom building, um, <laughs> because you have many bathrooms as you do anything else. Um, 
our experience on the yacht has been with our guests that with the exception of, of a, a rain squall or a storm that goes by, um, you're living in you're living in the cockpit or you're in the water or on our tender or are you're snorkeling or diving or, or um, hanging at the beach bar or go right or going on land and exploring exactly right. exactly yes, so so, right. so the yacht is is a yeah, nice way to get around as you're island hopping um and we're able to most get... people take their meals up up above in the cockpit That's i mean right. it's a lovely space yes you know the views are beautiful and we're going where the weather's nice um, so it's only like if it's occasionally bad weather um, or you're sleeping is really the only time you come below. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and another nice thing about the yacht is the newer architecture of yachts these days is a lot different than 10, 15 years ago. Uh, they're very open down below. There's a lot of light. There's a lot of windows and ports and it's very spacious and airy. Uh, from the aesthetic perspective, from a functionality perspective, um, we're an older couple. Um, the sail package on our yacht, in is, case, in case you couldn't tell, is huge. <laughs> I know I'm almost 39. Um, um, we have a lot of electronic electronic winches uh, to to help ease the burden to sail the boat. It's it's uh, pretty fancy, yeah. Uh, and uh, so we we spent a lot of time, almost five years, researching, going to multiple boat shows, talking to wow, a lot five of five years, um, experienced and inexperienced sailors on what they like and didn't like about about sailing, um, to kind of put this whole package together. Um, and I figured out the size, the yes. minimum size. Yes. And it's cool at boat shows because you could go on the same model boat four different sizes and they're right next to each other. So you can really see how it feels. And I figured, you know, here it is, this is our new house, right? So uh, how big do I need to um, live with the captain here? That's right. <laughs> that, that's so I came up with 50 foot minimum. So we wound yes. up with 52, 55 with the davits on there and it worked yeah. out really well. Yes. <laughs> and so it sleeps six guests plus the two of you. Exactly. So eight. Correct. Eight adults or, okay. And for the seating, like you said that you take a lot of your meals outside in the captains. How many does that seat? Does it seat all eight of you or is it yes. just the six guests? Usually okay. the crew does not eat with the guests. So we are owner operated. So we are the crew. Um, so when a guest would request that we eat with them, which many have, uh, or once in a while, if we're doing something like a, like a big platter thing, maybe it's like the fish tacos that I love to make. Um, you know, we might all eat together, but generally it's hard, you know, it's hard to take care of people when you're eating with them. And especially if you're drinking with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So here's another question. When you have guests come on your boat, is it always just one family or do you host two families at the same time? But you know, just husband, wife, husband, wife, like, is it, 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 how does that work? It's been, it's been our experience so far. Um, and there's a term, um, that, um, cabin it's referred to as cabin charters where complete strangers, you know, book their own stateroom, just like if you were going to go to a hotel or a resort and book a room, um, or on a cruise or on a cruise ship. We, um, however, do not right now, we're not offering the cabin charters. Uh, we, we're pretty much to answer your question, um, families, um, couples, a lot of couples, we've had a lot of couples uh, and families and including adult children um, coming along for special events. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it seems to be for us, 
um, easier on the on 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 the yacht throughout the week. Um, what happens is uh, from you end up having to entertain them all the time, and running a being a charter a crew, you're already working 18 hours a day while you're on charter. Because you're, you know, we're dealing with them from sun up to sundown. They go out at they go out at night. They go to the parties, the beach bars, and then we're still responsible for getting them back out onto the yacht. So it's a long day, and you're up early getting ready for the breakfast and the whole next day events. Um, so there's not a lot of time to actually uh, entertain them. So if you have a family or, See, or I friends, think the, I think the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I think the opposite from from where I'm coming from is that it would actually be easy for easier for us that way if we did cabin charters. I personally don't want to deal with the coordination of having of three different couples and their travel time and, and their money and all that, you know, all the business end of it. It's a lot simpler if it's one group. Um, what we have found though, and we've, we've gotten used to it, is that a lot, our basic um, charterer, most people are 50 and older. So if there's younger people coming, it's usually part of a family. Mm-hmm. That makes so, sense. Uh, so a lot of these couples are 50, 60, 70, and they've been married for over 30 years. And they are no longer entertaining each other. And we <laughs> are now the entertainment committee. <laughs> so that really wasn't expected. So it's part of the part of your responsibility. Yes, it is. It hey, is. you want to let's go so, let's go fishing. So the yeah. captain gets yeah, 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 probably yeah. five thousand questions during the week because you know people are sitting right next to him in the cockpit while he's at the helm. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's good though. We're yeah. <laughs> we're getting um, it. <laughs> so you had asked about uh, how do we pick our routes. Um it's, it's really, a, it's a multifaceted approach. Um, our guests know when we were in the Caribbean that we would pick them up on one particular island, we would sail a group of islands, and then we would return them to um, where they got on the yacht, or we would be sailing to a different island altogether where they sail into one island. We sail for a week south, let's say, towards Grenada, and then they fly home from there. And there's reasons that there's a benefit to that. Sailing south is always uh, a more pleasurable sail with the way the sea conditions are and the wind conditions down there. Um, so when I pick the route, uh, we, we generally know we're going to, we usually cover six to seven islands over a week's period of time. And that, so I, I know my general routing that we're going to do. Um, the next thing I do is I look at, I look at the weather conditions. Um, I have subscriptions to probably three or four, even five at sometimes different uh, paid weather subscriptions where I get uh, a weather forecast from all of them. And then I decide as the captain, this is what I think is going to happen. And I'm also looking at the at, at the, uh, the currents and then the moon phase um, sailing between the Caribbean islands. You never want to have the moon to your east um, with the currents that they are because they're opposing and you can get into some very choppy, rough water if you're sailing um, southbound with a, a moon coming up on your horizon to the east at 10 in the morning. You watch the seas right before your eyes just get very steep and uncomfortable. So I'm looking at all that in the planning, but then we're also very flexible. I, bet I, t- I tell our guests that everything's weather dependent 
And, but we're also very flexible. And if you want to stay at an island and you like this beach bar for, and we'll stay there another day, we'll stay there another day and we'll adjust the schedule such that you're back at your, your airport when you're going to fly home and plenty of time to make your flight back. You know, they saw some really cool stingrays where they were snorkeling and they want to go back to that same spot. It's like, sure, why not? You know, it's great. And that's one of the nice things about these kind of these customized, all inclusive personal uh, vacations is you have the flexibility in your schedule that you don't always have on a much larger cruise ship or even some of the more small luxury cruise ships. Um, you don't have to rush back before four o'clock. We're not going to leave without you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. That makes sense. I hope not. <laughs> okay, they, so they have cruise when ships you too. cruise ships do that, yeah. you know that. <laughs> scary. So when you say a number of different islands, are they usually the same country? Do they all the islands belong to the same country or are people seeing multiple countries? We will just take a quick break. In a lot of the circles that I run in, the content creators are being deplatformed. People are being banned on Twitter, censored on Facebook, and YouTube channels are being demonetized. Basically, cutting off people's ability to reach their audience and share their message with the world. And it has gotten even worse than that. Entire companies are under siege. Servers are being shut down, and their products are being taken off of the App Store and Google Play. There is no question about it. There are some scary things going on right now. I want to make sure that I can continue to provide for you the best news and information from the offshore space every single week. That's why I want you to pause this episode right now and visit expatmoneyshow.com forward slash protection to sign up for EMS Pulse, my weekly newsletter. In it, you will find personal insights from my travels and over 21 years of experience in the international space. We will be looking at foreign businesses, generating income online, asset protection, corporate structures, new visas for digital nomads, and a whole lot more. So I hope you will take me up on this opportunity and sign up for my newsletter to make sure that you can continue to receive the best from the offshore space now directly to your inbox. Go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash protection. Okay, let's jump back into the episode. USVI has a handful of islands, then, then you cross an imaginary boundary line and you're in BVI and um, you have to go check in and you can see the island right there. And then before you leave that island area, the, you have to go check out again in customs. Um, the captain always does that. Um, so he takes all the passports. I take all the passports. And, and exactly. um, a lot of the countries in the Caribbean um, still use carbon paper. And you got to press hard through eight copies. It's unbelievable. Um, What's that? The, the, French, the French have it Getting the best down of. there in Martinique. When you check in, uh, you go to the local cafe. You get to a computer terminal and you just type all your information you check in. Check yourself in. It's awesome. And you're in. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, uh, yeah. You, you, you pay a tip, buy a cup of coffee, and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Some islands, it takes a couple hours. So that also uh, impacts the schedule and our routing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, a lot of the islands are different countries or group are, are, are groups of uh, islands in one country. Um, St. Vincent and the Grenadine is, is a group of islands. Uh, we, we may spend the whole week going to all those different islands. Um, St. Lucia, um, St. Martin are all their own countries. Um, over those 8,000 miles, um, we have checked into 23 different countries since since uh, October of, of 2017. So yeah, it, there are a lot of different, it'd be great if it was just the Caribbean. Um, we, would, we would spend 
almost another day having fun and vacations. Because when I'm in the customs office for a couple hours, um, the guests cannot leave the boat. Yeah, we were. They're, they're really not they're supposed very to. Very strict yeah. uh, about leave, yeah. about leaving about leaving the boat. So one nice thing about Croatia is they literally have a thousand islands. So island hopping is not going to be a problem there. You check in once, check out once, and that's it. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Because okay, so I've traveled. I would say rather extensively in my life. I've been to more than a hundred countries and it's getting more and more difficult for me to get to new countries. I mean, I've started going around Africa now and I've been to Iran and Zimbabwe and all these North Korea and stuff like that. That's kind of where I'm at. But the Caribbean, I'm like, because I'm not a sailor, I, I hope to be one day at some point if I can convince my wife who hopefully will listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that it would be easier to sail to all the different islands opposed to trying to it's way island hop by flights. I mean, you, you, you would spend a fortune on flights, I think, and it would just be a way. It's a great way to go. Really, really yeah. is. Yes, yeah. totally yeah. agree. In, in the Caribbean, um, a typical day is uh, you get up, you have breakfast in the cockpit. We'll sail for on the average of three to four hours to get to the next island where uh, next island harbor where we'll uh, spend the night and so we'll arrive midday and then our guests go off and do their excursion snorkeling diving um, beach bar whatever um, and then we spend the night there and then we head off the next morning again um, so it, it's, it's a nice comfortable now some sails are longer between islands um, you could be sailing for six hours between some of the islands uh, but no but for the most part it's a very regular schedule we don't sail with guests uh, overnight. Um, we don't see a real benefit in that to racing to get to the next beach bar that just looks like the last beach bar. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so they wake up every morning, they come out, their coffee's all waiting for them and they have a million, a new million dollar view every morning when mm -hmm. they come out of the cockpit. Mm -hmm. Um, and a funny story is, um, we got hit by on one, one charter, uh, we got hit by some a nasty thunderstorm in the Virgin Islands the day before in the afternoon. And I was supposed to get over to BVI because I had arranged for our guest to have a diving expedition. He was a diver and he was going to go dive the three Indians on Norman Island, which is great for diving. Uh, so it's four o'clock in the afternoon and there was this black storm coming at us. And we started to head into it to get across because it, it was only five miles away and I turned around and, and I got it. I got us into a safe shelter protected Harbor. And I said, um, we'll take you over first thing in the morning and we'll still get you over there by nine o'clock. So the storm hit us, it rained hard and that's about it. And it was gone. Sun came out and the moon was out that night. The next morning, Judy and I get up around <clears throat> six in the morning and they're still sleeping up in the forward, in the forward cabin. And we turn around and come out of our protected Harbor and the seas from the storm from the night before were steep and choppy and it was rough and it was wet. I know my guests, as we are sailing through these, this mess by being in a washing machine, um, that they were gonna get bounced around, let alone airborne up in their forward bunks. Well, they stayed up in their bunks there, up in their, their queen size bed for a good two hours before they came out. Um, while we were sailing. While we were sailing in these horrible conditions. Um, and uh, I asked, so uh, how'd you sleep? 
And they're like, that's the best night I've ever had. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. They didn't even realize they, that. It's well, like... they had to have realized. I mean, I know we, we dropped <laughs> four and five feet into some of those troughs. <laughs> and it's an abrupt landing when you get into the bottom of that wave. We try to avoid that as much as we can. Uh, but he really wanted to go diving. So, uh, you know, so we got him there. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great yacht. It's, it's tough. She'll, you know, yeah. Dauntless will do it. So we, we went and he had a great diving experience um, from it. Yeah. Uh, and, wow. Yeah. So with the diving, with the snorkeling, do you guys usually have gear on board and people can go off the side of the boat? Or is it always when they get to the islands, they go with a local shop or a local tour? We have a lot of toys. That's a good question. Very good question. We have a lot of toys on board. So uh, snorkel gear is part of the gig. Uh, so we have that. We are not certified scuba, so we do not carry the scuba gear. So what we do is we connect with locals. And it's really sweet because it, either the, the local boat comes over, the dive boat comes over to pick them up, or we bring them in our tender over to the dive boat. So it's very, very easy. Um, and we don't have to carry the tanks and be certified divers, but all the other stuff, we've got other toys too. I mean, there's, you know, the SUPs and the kayaks and it's just fun tooling around. We've got a hammock, you can hang out. You know, it's, it's a very relaxing, it's pretty relaxing week. Yeah. Okay, so with the different islands, do you guys always go to the same islands? Do you do the same route every single time or do you switch it up? Like, I imagine you guys would want to see new and interesting stuff, but I mean, everything is probably new and interesting for your guests. So how do you balance that or what's your method to your, to your madness, I suppose, on this? Once we planned a day based on everything I mentioned before about the weather and the currents and the moon phase and, and um, what our clients want to do, um, we'll pick, we'll pick the route. And for this example, we're going to leave uh, Beckway Island, which is about in the middle of the, uh, uh, the Grenadines, St. Vincent and the Grenadines and a very popular destination four hours sail South is Union Island. And they call it's called Tobago Keys. And, um, it's a great place to snorkel and dive. It's a Marine park. Uh, they have the most awesome, international lobster bake on one of the islands every night so it's a big destination for people sailing on charter boats in that part of the caribbean it's there. where you swim with the turtles right. that's right. what they're known for right. oh man so um so when i pick the route when we leave the protected harbor of beckway judy is serving uh, it's about a three mile calm water sail to around a point of rocks before you head south so it gives her time to serve breakfast in the cockpit and I tell our guests, now get ready. As soon as we turn the corner, we're getting on the expressway. And what that means is there's a large rock and it's protecting us from the wind and the seas are, are very, very calm until you turn the corner. And as with the case with every Caribbean island, when you're sailing around the north end or the south end, there's a lot of water pushing through with the currents. So the seas get very rambunctious very large and i say okay for 10 minutes it's gonna get big sporty it's gonna it be sporty sporty so all drinks away put the wine glasses yes, away really, yes, really. yeah and, and, it all and, down and, right? and some guests are kind of funny yeah 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 right sure <laughs> right and so they're hanging back they're looking at their ipad or they're reading their book and we turn the corner and all of a sudden it's all i see is white knuckles everywhere uh and in about 10 minutes it ends right so I always catch feedback. Did you like that? Was that was that fun? And then most of the guests, let's do that again. 
Um, <laughs> so we'll actually, as part of the route, I'll actually aim for the north or south ends of these islands and brush by them and actually uh, change it up a little bit. Now, there's some, there's some days where um, the seas are moderate. There's a great wind. The boat's just screaming along. There's spray coming all over the deck. Everyone's getting a little wet. Um, and some, some guests like that and some don't. So then I'll change. I'll, there again, I'll change the route um, based on good sailing practices to uh, make it more comfortable for them. For their, it's all about the client's comfort level. Yeah. We have the ability to make true. it. Um, and sometimes I heel the boat over, which is if you're not a sailor, the boat is leaning over to one side, maybe a little bit more than Judy would like when I put the rail in the water and we're screaming along <laughs> at you know, nine knots. It's, it, it's exciting. It um, is exciting. <laughs> uh, my first mate here, she does the sail handling while I'm at the helm. Um, so she's got her hands full. And so she's, she's kind of the controlling factor here about backing off, easing, easing the main, which, which brings, calms the boat down a little bit. Um, but it's a lot about what our, what we think our guests are looking for in our conversations, what they're looking for the next day on how we change the route, uh, and where we go that night. Right. So mention Mystique. Now there's an Island just, have you heard of Mystique? I have not. I'm it's like the curious. Island of the rich and famous in the Grenadine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mick Jag, Mick Jagger, a lot of the Hollywood uh, elite um, have homes on the, it's a private island. The Royals. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Paparazzi is not allowed on the island. You have to, because it's a private island and a private harbor, I have to get permission um, from from the- uh, Corporation is what The corporation yeah, what to actually even come into their harbor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it's a great, it's a great destination for lunch. That's where Basil's Beach Bar is. That's like one of the nicest in the entire Caribbean. And they have live music some nights and it's just a really cool destination. So we would go there whenever we could. It was a little, even though it was the next island over from Beckway, which was our home port for about a year, cute little island, really adorable, uh, is difficult the way the wind and the waves are to always get there. So we would really only bring guests there if it was possible. Uh, you know, it's fun. There's lots of rules. You can't just wander all over the island because everybody wants their privacy. That's why they're there. Uh, but that was that was uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a uh, a, uh, a reporter from England on on our boat as a guest with her family, and we were probably three hours south of the island of Mustique, and. Uh, we thought we were going to go down and, and do some snorkeling for the day. And she came up to me. She says, Jim, you got to turn the boat around. She says, I, I have to get to Mystique. And, I, and she didn't tell me why. And I said, OK, but, you know, there's a lot of squalls. It's going to be rough. It's going to be choppy. I don't care. Let's go. And I said, OK, because uh, I knew the boat could take it. No problem. Uh, it was just going to be a wet ride for everybody. And of course, it's 85 degrees. It's beautiful water. So how bad can it be, right? <laughs> I mean, even when it rains, the rain's warm. Um, and we pounded for six hours up to Mustique, um, took them to shore. They were going to stay um, on the island. At a friend's house. At a friend's house yeah. for that night. And then uh, Judy and I were going to uh, head back over to Beckway. So it was, it was the end of our charter with them. And they, uh, they, we had a, a departing drink with them at the Basil's Bar. And uh, they invited us to come back for what they call jump, jump, oh, jump up, jump up. That's a big Caribbean thing. A jump up is a big yeah. dance that occurs 
at the bar. And right. at that bar, they get some of the best bands in the world just come and jam at yeah. this bar. Okay, go on. What's the story? Um, so what happened? I was so tired from that day of sailing. Yeah, we were tired. Right? <laughs> the next morning. So we didn't go. We, we didn't, didn't go, go that night. You didn't go. Okay, we stayed on the boat. Captain was in, in the bunk at, at 8 o'clock. <laughs> um, as it turns out, the royal family was there. And I missed my... my so miss we missed the whole thing. <laughs> they were right there. We could see. <laughs> We were a hundred meters. We were a hundred meters from dancing with the Royals. Uh, and, uh, and you missed your opportunity. Uh, yeah. So yeah. one thing about where we're talking about going here, the plan to go to Croatia, um, one of the places, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I am indeed. Yes. You are with millions of other people yes, as well. Yes. Unshamefully, well, Dubrovnik, yes. Right. So, you know, Dubrovnik is one of the places, one of the castles. So that would be part of our tour. So we were even thinking, gosh, we could offer Game of Thrones themed charters. True. Wouldn't that be fun? I think so. I think right? so. So, okay. So if you, but you still didn't answer my question because, so if you have gone to these places, and I think I already know the answer because you have such familiarity with it. Yeah. You do go back to the same type of places over and over and well, over the reason, again. The reason is more business-wise because you make connections. Mm. I know the best guy to get my fresh produce from that I can rely on. You know, I know which, um, uh, you know, what else? I mean, other Maybe other the stuff dive like shop, you know that. Yes. We know we Bill know what, at the dive shop is going to take really good care of yes, the guests, yes. and I he mean, does and like a great job. And like the bakery, okay. you know, there's a bakery where there is actually a French um, pastry chef. You know, you're going to get real croissants even in these islands that are not French. So uh, you know those so those kinds, and also just knowing how long it actually takes from island to island, because some of that information, sure, you should you get from a chart. However, because of the wind and the seas. Sometimes it takes you twice as long as you think it's going to take. So do you ever go to locations that you've never, ever, ever been to before with guests on board? Or do you kind of explore yes, that yes. stuff we separately? We have yes. done that, definitely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Yes. And we're not afraid of doing that because at this point we have enough experience coming into harbors just because the captain is so good at reading his charts um, that, you know, we could, we could figure out where we're going even at night. Sometimes we've come in at dark. Um, and everything, yeah. everything on the uh, the navigations on the yacht, it's all state of the art. So we're all GPS based. Yeah, it's all lit up. Right well, in the we, well, we still have the hard charts if the electronics go down, which right. they could. Yeah. Um, I get really good updated information on the on the, from the GPS on where we are, and it's it's extremely accurate. Uh, probably within um, a meter, a meter accuracy. Um, from where the center of our yacht is to, let's say, a, a marker or a coral head, which is we try to avoid those as, as much as possible. Um, so the, um, the navigation really helps. We can come in um, at night. Uh, we've anchored in 40 knots of wind, gusting, storming. Um, it's just something, if you're a sailor, if you're an ocean sailor in, in, in the Caribbean or even in the Med or anywhere around the world, you really do have to honor and respect mother nature because every day it's different. It is every day. And you just have to accept that and not, and not fight about it. Um, <laughs> if not really fight about it, but get worried or concerned about, you just, you just deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. 
And we avoid bad weather. Yes. Yes. Always when possible. Absolutely. Some people don't. We have a lot of friends that they just sail and like we, we could see the conditions were going to be horrible and they go out and they didn't have to go out. I'm like, why are you doing this? It's, it's not our thing. <laughs> yeah, and then we hear they break the boat. You yeah, know, right. Like, Something else broke. Like, yeah, you know, right. yeah. it's just something that you deal with. Okay, I'm going to break the boat and we're going to fix it. Somehow. Like I know Delos, you know, they're smart. They don't yeah. go out, uh, you know, if there's going to be bad weather, they don't go out. They don't plan for it. Yeah. They've, they've had their fair share of it as much yep. traveling as, as, as but they're, right. they're very smart about how they go about doing now, it. Sometimes you have squalls yeah. that you just can't help. And the captain yeah. is very good about either going in front of a squall or getting behind a squall. Sometimes you can't avoid it and you're just stuck in the middle of a squall. So we've had guests that during a squall, they don't want to get wet, so they go below. I don't recommend going below during a squall uh, because it's a little stuffy down there because we have to close all the hatches so it doesn't get wet down below, right? <laughs> um, Makes sense. Well, I wanted to hammer home on this point a little bit, and I guess that's really a setup for what I want to ask you about next, is if you guys haven't sailed in Cyprus and Italy and Greece and kind of that part of the world, it's like, well, you guys are now going to explore it with your guests, which I exactly. think is well, well, interesting. Yeah. Yes. If all goes well and we all get vaccinated here and we're, we're able to ship the boat in June, um, when we get over there, we'll be, um, because of the European, our 90-day restriction on how mm -hmm. long we can Schengen be in a European country, which we'll be dealing with, um, we'll be splitting our charter seasons between Italy, Malta, Sicily, and then over on the Croatian coast. And we'll make it up as far as Venice on some of the charters. Um, so we'll be splitting our seasons over there. Um, but um, so we'll be running our, I'm gonna call, I'm just gonna use a term, we're gonna run the route. We're, we're doing our research now on the best places to anchor, the best, the best restaurants, resorts, the views. We're doing all of our upfront research now while we're, we're going through the winter here. Um, and then, so when we get over there, just like we did in the Caribbean, we spent, when we first got to the Virgin Islands, um, right after Hurricane Irma hit, we spent six weeks just sailing around the Virgin Islands and BVIs, looking at what's been rebuilt, what's been totally destroyed. We don't want to bring our guests here. We can bring our guests there. So we do our, we do our homework, if that answers your question, before we get there. And then with the, uh, the navigation systems, um, it's, it's just another harbor with, that has hazards and obstacles and currents that- And channels. A, and, and channels. Right. As a skipper, mm -hmm. uh, it's just another day at the office. Uh, so one thing that was very shocking to me, because when you learn how to sail in the States, so much time is spent about the markers, the buoys, the green buoy, the red buoy. Which side are you on? Are you in the channel? This is all like a very, very big deal. Well, when you get to the Caribbean, there are no buoys. None. <laughs> <There's> no <laughs> so they spend all this time preparing you for something that doesn't exist. Wonderful. Exactly. So, so, so you better be able to read your chart and look at your, and we have a depth finder. Yep. Like a, it tells us how deep it is. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just another, like I said, it's another day at the office. You're just, you know, I'm the bus driver on a nice, on a nice bus. And, and uh, I got to keep it on the right side of the road, basically. Uh, well, so, okay. So I had, the, I had the crew from Ruby Rose who we talked about crossing the Atlantic. But you guys are not crossing the Atlantic. Walk me through that. 
the reason the reason we're not to be quite honest is let's say money was not an option an op uh, you mean an object object, object. object. okay yeah. all right all right so if we broke the boat okay it could be upwards of of uh 21 to 30 days of sailing 24 hours a day doing shift work out there in the open ocean which is basically a blue desert for the most part um, with all the weather that's going to be thrown at you to be honest as a skipper i would find that extremely boring um there's 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 not a lot of scenery sure it's it's an, another experience um I've worked up in the North Atlantic uh, on, a, on, a, on a tugboat for a while out there, out there on the big seas. And uh, it, it was kind of like I didn't really care for it. Um, so that's that's another reason, probably from a psychological perspective, like, well, let's just ship it and then get over to the med. Um, the boat's hopefully not broken. And uh, we just they hover the boat over the side of the ship and I'm down there to get back on and, and, and away we go. Well, because uh, we were talking before the episode and I was like, oh, so you guys are what, hiring a crew and the crew is going to bring it over? And they're like, no, we, we put it on an, another boat. We, we put our boat on another boat and it's yep. going to take it over. They're called yacht carriers. Yep. Yacht carriers. Okay. You, I know you guys already described it to me, but I hadn't pushed record yet and I want everyone to hear this. And I hope you think this is as cool as I do because I think I've, I've never heard of this before. So please enlighten us and, and sh paint us a picture of what this is. Okay, so you make you make a reservation with one of the companies that ships yachts all around the world, and they pick up at certain de destinations: um, Fort Lauderdale, the Virgin Islands, popular locations where a lot of yachts would be. Um, once your reservation's made, they give you a time when to have your yacht ready to be lifted. You pull alongside the ship. Okay, the what does the ship look down. like? This is like it's, a. Uh, it, it's probably. Um, it's like a cargo ship. Like a cargo ship. Like, okay, so I live here in Panama City. Meters. We have we have ships I can see from my bedroom window that go back and forth through the Panama Canal with the giant container. So it's a ship like that. Yes. Very much like that. Okay, exactly. okay. But but exactly. it, but instead of the containers, um, it's yachts of every size and style all parked up on there. And how many yachts does this uh, super boat carry like well what it depends are we talking how big the, it depends how big the yachts are <laughs> okay I mean, we, right. we saw some yachts in st thomas that were you know 300 feet long whoa 100 meters you know getting so, lift, getting lifted so they don't that's fit like too uh, many abu dhabi royal family or something yes. Yes. unbelievable yeah. yes so they don't fit too many of those on there right. they could probably fit 25 to 50 of our boat on there right right and the mast is still up yeah. Um, so Pretty it's real, well. so it's really ready to be, and, and while it's on its voyage across the Atlantic, they'll actually, um, they'll work on your boat for you. Like if <laughs> like you want to get the bottom it. sanded <laughs> and painted, if you want to get mechanical work done, they have crews that it's do so that. Cool. Um, really cool. So it, it, it's a great, it's a great service. Um, and, uh, uh, our, 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 point of where we would pick the boat up would be um, Palma on the island of Sicily, the northwest corner of the island. And uh, that, that would be the point where we would pick up the, pick up the yacht and, and, and carry on. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's interesting because I think that I would imagine a lot of people, if they're thinking about 
this type of lifestyle, yacht lifestyle, that it might be actually a fear for them. Oh my goodness, I want to go to Europe, but I don't want to have to cross the Atlantic. That's very long and scary. And so there are actually alternatives. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is actually more affordable than hiring a full crew to take your boat across for you separately, right? Maybe. My, my, maybe. It's, it, it, <laughs> no, Mikkel, you're wash. wrong. Excellent. Okay. No, no, maybe. <laughs> it's yeah. about a wash. There's a there's a lot of crew out there that are that are, are working towards their own captain's licenses. The the biggest aspect of getting a, a captain's license is your sea time. So for my for my license, I had to document 720 days of ocean experience time out there. So you so a lot of crews will just sign up to go on a boat to get their sea time in and you don't have to pay for them. They basically pay their own. So it's the same as airline captains. There's a certain amount of hours that they need to do in the air. And if they're doing these short little 30 minute journeys, it's going to take them a million years. But if they're flying 15 hour flights, that's like doing. Exactly. Gotcha. 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 Exactly. Exactly. You got it. And if you hire a delivery crew, uh, they will most likely get your, your boat from point A to point B but they're on a time schedule. They only make money if they get there ahead of schedule and they can be not all, um, they can be rough on a boat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They could go through so some the wear sea. and tear can actually the wear be, and tear could be more. Um, mm-hmm. if I was a skipper on the boat, taking it across, um, I would most likely hire a professional crew, at least half the crew to go with me. Uh, and, and, and pay that expense as opposed to a crew working on their captain's time and not really knowing what their true experiences really are. Uh, so it's a little different when you're an owner operator of, of a charter boat like ours. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks own charter boats, put them in business, and then they hire crews. And the crew might last on the boat a month and then you're putting another crew on the boat. So it, it's, it's different when you're an owner operator. Um, Maybe there's more care there. Well, there's also, even if nothing breaks, that whether you hire a crew or whether you go with other people, um, it's just a lot of wear and tear. Like we figured we're replacing the sails for sure if we sail across, you know, and there's money involved there. So we we really felt like it was kind of a balance. Um, So why not get it there just in good shape and we know it'll be, you know. (laughs) Probably have insurance with the boat, with the oh, yeah. with the company and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. So, well, and that's an added that's an added premium as well. Yeah. To put the boat out that far, because then you've got human liability and everything else mm, along true. along with that for your whole crew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the costs are pretty much a wash. Um, uh, so I can see why that industry is doing very very well on on yacht carriers. Uh, now the if they pick up our yacht in Baltimore. As, as one example, our boat could go to Fort Lauderdale, still be on the same ship, then over to the Virgin Islands, might go to South America, and eventually it's going to end up in Palma in Sicily. Um, so it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's the way to go for us, for sure. Makes sense, makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about what you guys have planned for the Mediterranean. First of all, have you guys ever sailed the Mediterranean, or is it completely brand new to you? We've been to the Mediterranean a handful of times, uh, different countries. Uh, never sailed it. Looking right. forward to it? I bet. Very, very, yeah. very. It's beautiful water there too, you know? Absolutely. It's, I'm so excited. We're, as landscape architects, as you know, our first trade, uh, 
or one of your first trades. Right. <laughs> um, it's it's very uh, it's very exciting. Okay, so let's dive into then what you have planned for Europe. What are the routes? Where are you going? I know we touched on it briefly before, but now I want to go a little bit more in depth on it, on where and why and how and all the reasons that you guys are going to be doing this and why you chose this for your charter business. As landscape architects in our, our previous profession, architecture is a big deal to us. So although there are lots of beautiful things and nature and water in the Caribbean, it doesn't have architecture like Europe. So that was a very big draw for us. So we're quite excited to go to, we're going to sail up the East coast of Italy and we're going to sail into Venice. I've always wanted to come into Venice by boat. I am so excited about that. So that will be a great trip. And that part of our, um, that part of our summer, we can take guests on that. Like if you always wanted to go to Venice or you've been there before and you want to take a boat into the harbor, I mean, it's magnificent. Um, so after Venice, you want to take over, then we hop over to Croatia. I want to back, I want to back up okay. to what, when uh, <laughs> the boats delivered to uh, Palma on the island of Sicily. Uh, we'll pick up guests right there after we've sailed our route and we'll sail down over to Malta. We may spend a couple of days in Malta. And then we'll go up around the boot, um, probably in, into uh, the city of Messina, right there at the, at the boot of Italy. Um, and then we'll work. My our mother's way. maiden name is Messina, by the way. Okay. There you go. And we'll. Uh, <laughs> Do you we'll, saw we'll, family we'll, in Italy? I know you said that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, You're gonna yeah. visit. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> We haven't been invited yet. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm uh, going to send them this podcast episode and be like, "Yeah, there hey, we go. You got to have Jim <laughs> and Judy." Um, and we'll work our we'll we'll do day sails up the coast, like, like Judy was saying, up the coast of Italy, hitting all the small towns on the east side on the east side of Italy, and eventually working our way up to, as Judy had said, into Venice, and then come around come around the north end uh, through Slovenia, and then start hitting the islands of Croatia from the north end down to where our base will be, which will be out of Split, which has a nice international airport. It's kind of in the middle of the, of the country right there on the coast. And that, by having our base out of Split, we can go if our guests want to do more of a nature, national parks between all those islands to the north and visit all those villages and towns, we take the more nature approach. If we want to go south out of Split, that we would pick, they would fly into split. We would work our way over the week. It's about a hundred nautical miles hitting the islands to the south. And then we would, we end up down in Dubrovnik. Um, so that'll be, uh, let's say then, then uh, we drop our guests off there. Um, everybody's had a great time. They made their flights, all's good. Then we might pick up another charter in Dubrovnik and work our way back up um, to split or farther north. Uh, that's why we like Croatia so much. Uh, it is a bit crowded with a lot of sailing yachts over there uh, because there are so many great places to sail and explore. Uh, you would not be running the same route uh, probably for the first three seasons, and, uh, which is very intriguing for us. That's for 90 days. Then we have to hoof it back over, um, get out of Croatia, um, hang out. Uh, for a while, work with the EU, 
work with the new rules of what the impact of Brexit is having on the sailing community in the Mediterranean. Um, the rules are getting tougher uh, for non-EU boats. Um, there's a lot on um, there concerned about a surge of British owned boats just flooding their Croatian coast so they can keep their boats in the med. Croatia just changed some of their laws um, because Brits are now non, uh, not an EU country. And that's actually impacting us over here in the United States as well in, in what we have to do now to sail the Mediterranean. Um, so the rules are constantly changing. Um, and I guess going to any country, you, you're always exposed to that. Borders closing. And this is all the, all the issues we're going to have uh, once COVID's resolved. And um, we, we, we will be fully vaccinated um, prior to our departure, hopefully. And then we are also one of our requirements is uh, proof of vaccination for any of our guests that come on board um, so that we can actually come into some of these countries. And because it's all crazy between COVID and Brexit and other things that are not within our control or the guest control, we are offering 100% refundable deposits. So, you know, we're hoping that's going to make people more comfortable in booking ahead. Uh, you know, if you want to pick the week that you want and the place that you want, you got to book ahead like any other trip. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So how long, if things go well, how long are you guys planning on staying in the Mediterranean? Five years. Five years. I was curious to see his answer. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going Five like a seasons. little like... <laughs> because there's, there's, also, there's also the coast of France, Spain, Portugal... Um, There's so many well, and I think that you can also do a lot of the sailing on the other side of the Med. Like if you are interested in going to Egypt and all of these types of places, I've traveled a lot through there, not on a boat, but I mean on land. And there are some incredible architecture. There's some incredible history and um, culture and food and amazing stuff there that is also well worth checking out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. My first initial experience with uh, Judy and Ahmed was back early in our careers before kids. We both took sabbaticals from our landscape architecture jobs and we backpacked through the, uh, the Greek islands and got down as far as Crete, you know, taking the mail boats, waiting for days for the mail boats to show up at the docks. Um, so I'm really excited about getting back and, and cruising in those waters. Um, even though in Greece, I'll, we'll have to bring on a, a, a Greek skipper by law, and I'll be first mate. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So that, I'm looking at, that'll be an interesting cultural experience for us as well. Well, maybe you'll get a little bit of vacation. Maybe you'll get to relax. There or, you go. or maybe Judy will. She'll be out of a job, so now she'll be – she can put her go. feet up. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with, with these five years, are you guys – planning on or or making available your charter throughout the time or do you have blocks of time where you're like no this is something that we want to do as a husband and wife and this is our our special time to enjoy this part of the world you ask very good questions <laughs> you know as almost like really, i do this for a living there you go no, as a live aboard as a cruiser when we're not chartering um you know thinking far into the future isn't really part of our world anymore. I mean, it's really unbelievable. A lot of our friends that we've met along the way in their boats that, you know, they, they won't commit to tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's really, it's amazing. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> so that, that's a really good question. I don't, I don't know that we have an answer. Well, yeah, I think, I think to keep us financially viable, 
during the peak seasons of the peak vacation seasons in the med, we will offer the chartering regardless of where our routes are. Right. Um, and then during the shoulder season and off season, um, we'll do our own thing. We might put, we'll most likely keep the yacht over there during the winter months. Right. And then, uh, tour for ourselves on land and tour all the European countries. Right. Uh, we're it's we're a both rough life, down. Jim. Jesus, you guys just yeah. We just gotta tough. get rid like, of this. we just gotta get rid of Brexit and we gotta get rid of the COVID yeah. and life is good. <laughs> Amazing. I'm. Well, I'm. I was about to say I'm not jealous of too many of my guests, but that's not true. I've had some amazing guests, <laughs> but I'm I'm officially jealous of the pair of you. So well yeah. done, thank you very there much. There is a risk. I mean, we are we're not a very good family friend for years and years. Told us that. She thought we were the most insane couple she ever met when we explained what we were going to do. Um, but, you know, it, it's uh, what are you waiting for? I mean, it's uh, we both had very successful careers, um, corporate careers. And uh, I've never been the one to just sit in the lazy boy recliner and says, we got to get out. We got to do something. You know, it's like, what are we waiting for? Well, and um, I think that if COVID has taught us nothing else, it's that life is short. And I mean, Take advantage of things while you can. While doors are open, then go through. Go explore. Absolutely. Go, like absolutely. Get out there and travel. There are a well, lot of there, there are a lot of retired cruisers just living down in the Caribbean and just in taking it day by day. Like what Judy was saying, when you ask them what are they doing tomorrow, the first thing they do is they look up at the sky and they look at the weather. Well, what's what's, what's the winds? What are the winds going to be tomorrow? Um, and that's the extent of their decision-making process. Uh, so it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. There are risks. You have to be very serious. Um, you don't take this lightly. You just don't go out and buy a boat and go, I'm going to go sail the med. Um, it's, it's a very serious business and your safety is a, is a big piece of that. And you have to be flexible, you know, flexibility, patience and flexibility were not my strong points. <laughs> So that was, those are probably my biggest challenges, okay. I would really have to say. Well, we're almost out of time, but I do want to spend a couple of minutes before and talk about the food, because my understanding, Judy, is Jim's told me you're a pretty amazing chef. So how do you do so much on board? Like, I've been on many yachts, and I mean, they're these tiny little kitchens, if I would even call them that. How, how do you function? How do you plan things out in that regard? How do you decide a menu and where to get the food and like everything? Sorry, I know that's probably a lot in one question, but I, I do want to know because it, it seems very challenging. It's a very good question and it can be very challenging depending exactly where you are for the provisioning. Um, we were in the beautiful island um, of um, St. Uh, shoot. Lucia? St. Lucia, exactly. St. Lucia, a beautiful little bay called Marigo Bay. Highly recommend it. There's a nice hotel there. Very, very nifty. And in this tiny little place, they jam in these pretty darn big mega yachts, not sailing yachts. Sometimes they're sailing yachts, actually. We've seen pretty big ships. And one day we were there and we saw who was clearly the chef. It was, she was not a young woman. Um, I don't know. I don't know how old she was, but anyway, she had behind her a bunch of strong young men, all of everybody in their uniforms, 
pushing these dollies with just boxes and boxes and boxes stacked that was clearly her supplies for the week for her charter. And I saw on the boxes, this is in St. Lucia, everything was from Holland. She had just ordered what she wanted. They flew it over and her crew took it on board. So that's not our gig, I'm sad to say. <laughs> Except I, I still haul it on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still have the strong guy to haul it on board. As a skipper and a charter captain, once the hook drops, you're number one boat boy. He's the boat boy, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, I love the food thing. I got to tell you, there was a bit of a process for me to get with uh, food because I started learning about food and really cooking. Gosh, it was probably 15 or 20 years ago. And I did it because I was sick and to make myself feel better. So I had to learn about food and I had to learn how to cook it. So it was a very big deal. Uh, a lot of time, a lot of money on what I was doing. And I really hated it. I got to tell you, at first, I did. I was really angry about it. Well, all this time and money that like, and I still wasn't really feeling a ton better, right? So that progressed that, you know, over the years, um, I accepted it more. And then more years and I actually began to like it. And now I love it. I mean, it really, it was, it was a progression. Uh, part of it is... Um, it's just fun now. Now it's my creative outlet. Now that I'm not designing with landscape architecture, this is really my creative thing. And what I, one of the things I truly live for on our charters is when I present the plate or the platter, usually the plate, and I just wait for the wow. I just listen for the wow. I present it, wow. Like that, that's what I live for. <laughs> um, a, a food story. Uh, Judy is an Italian New Yorker. We get our fresh seafood. The local fishermen come right up to the boat while we're out sailing. And they come right alongside the boat. And I keep telling him, I yell, don't hit the boat, don't hit the boat, while they're holding up brand new fresh tuna or red snapper. And they want to you know, buy fish, buy fish. And the thing's still flapping, so you know it's fresh. <laughs> um, and uh, we, so we bring the sails down. The guests got their cameras out. Judy's up on the bow in her Italian New York negotiating the price for the fish. Um, and she always closes the deal with, well, will you clean it for me? <laughs> and once they got the price set. Yeah. And they, they always go, yes, you have knives. So we give them our, our, our filet knives. And they go off. They float off. And they come back 15 minutes later with these big slabs of fish. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. And the guests love it, seeing her negotiate them in, in, in their EC dollars for the price of, for the price of fish. Uh, so her, her goal is fresh, organic, and local, no matter where we are. So that kind of links us to the local culture because every island is a little bit different. In, in, UV, in uh, US Virgin Islands and BVI, everything's flown in from the States. They don't grow anything. Oh, wow. Get okay. The Bahamas, they don't grow anything. You get farther down the chain. So it's like and wait, spam and like tinned foods. And no, these... no, no. You get good stuff, but it's okay. all from California. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, and the reasoning they don't grow anything is because there's not big mountains in the Virgin Islands and in the Bahamas. So that means that they it doesn't rain enough consistently to grow. It's definitely arid. Right. So the places where they grow the things are St. Lucia. Grenada, St. Vincent, the mountain, the St. Well, St. Martin does a little. Yeah. The, the islands with the mountains, they make their own weather. 
and it rains and it's lush and they have soil. Like so, Dominica, you know, I've seen so many pictures of Dominica and it's like right, all Dominica, mountains yes, and yes, it's yes, super yes. green there, amazingly exactly. lush. It's so yeah. green, exactly, yeah. exactly. Big yeah. difference between these other arid places. They don't have enough water for people to drink. They're not going to grow crops. So it's really fun to be in a place where they grow food. That's my favorite thing because I love going to the local markets. I really do. I love seeing what they have. I love learning about new foods. You know, what do you do with it? How do you eat it? I mean, there were so many things that were yellow in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Like almost everything was yellow. <laughs> it was really weird. And a lot of things that you think you can't eat or that you think have to be ripe. No, they eat these green things like green bananas. You may have had probably in Panama, you can get green bananas and you have to cook them. So you just have to cook them and you can eat them. So, I, you know, I learned so much stuff. It's so fun. Everything's delicious. Beautiful. Amazing. I am really, really jealous of both of you guys. Um, if my listeners want to find out more about what you do, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to come and charter or see your pictures or um, learn about the boat or anything like that, where can we send them? Saildauntless.com. And spell That's it for me. Dauntless, yep. spell it for us. D-A-U-N-T-L-E-S-S. -S. Sail, S-A-I-L, dauntless.com. Perfect. Well, and I encourage you guys to go check it out because it's a beautiful website and you'll see lots of pictures. And I'm really, yeah, how do I get the wife to do this one now? We'll figure <laughs> this out. That'll be next, next week's episode. How, how, how Mikkel convinces his wife to go sailing on the Dauntless. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I've learned so much from both of you, and I'm really excited for you guys heading to the Mediterranean Europe. I'll be following along. I think it's great. Thanks, Mikhail. Thank you, Mikhail. We Thanks really so appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview. Talk soon. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. My friends over at serenitynewsletter.com have a special opportunity open to those interested in learning advanced investing techniques in the crypto space. This membership is of the highest quality and is run by a dear friend of mine who happens to manage one of the most successful crypto hedge funds in the world. Crypto is the future, and those who make smart plays now have an opportunity to earn life-changing returns. Go to serenitynewsletter.com to watch a special video presentation now. That's serenitynewsletter.com.